The ball got stripped away. In the air, the Browns fight for the ball, and it's picked up by Miles Garrett. He's going to score. Touchdown. 
Like he's not a hard guy to replace. So uh, they need to get younger. They need to get more explosive. So I, I don't, yeah, I don't see a role for Jarvis here. Uh, it appears the Browns don't either. So I think he played his hand terribly from the start by thinking he was going to get a bag in free agency. And now it's like there are very few offers and he's not really getting anything. So I think, you know, um, going back, he probably would have preferred to restructure how the Browns would have wanted, but uh, it kind of is what it is at this point. It, it will be interesting to see if the, you know, numbers of that restructure will ever come out because I'd imagine they were probably a lot higher than, you know, a veteran minimum contract with incentives because that's like almost like, I mean, we're talking, you know, Rashard Higgins is going to end up getting, making more on the open market than Jarvis Landry for the Browns anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, how much did, did Rashard sign for? It wasn't a lot. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't the veteran minimum, though. Higgins to Panthers. Let's look that up. Oh, how ironic would that be if Baker Mayfield ended up going to going to Carolina? Well, you know, he's got the chemistry with Higgins. I don't think Robert, Robbie Anderson uh, would be thrilled about Baker going there, but, you know. <laughs> hey, I would do, again, I would do an Anderson for Baker swap straight up. I don't think the details of Higgins. Oh, it's a one-year. No. I don't think it's been released yet. Oh, yes, it has. It is a one-year deal with a base salary of one, just over a million dollars. Is the veteran minimum like little, 750K? Uh, his ba- I, I don't know what the vet, vet minimum is. Well, I'm sure his... I'm sure his, uh, his uh, He's got 150000 guaranteed, is it? Jeez. We gave more to that than a couple defensive ends that we're probably going to cut, so that's fine. Yeah. And uh, speaking of some people we may be cutting, some people we may be adding, um, you know, we're going to get into the uh, position breakdowns. We did it last year. We just went through, you know, it's, it's nothing new. Lots, plenty of, pod, plenty of podcasts do this. Um, we go through the, the positions by positions, who we've added, who we may still need to add, who's going to be cut, who do we think is going to make the 53-man roster, who's going to be starting, all that good stuff. Um, we're going to be starting that this week. We're going to be doing the quarterback room and then the specialist room. Um, but yes, as far as the other player that the Browns, um, there's still no real update on Jadavian Clowney. Am I right? There's, it's, there's just, we'll, he'll, he'll either sign or he wanted, we need him to sign. We've said that many times, like we don't need to beat that a dead horse, but yeah, still nothing on the Jadavian Clowney front. Again. Yeah, I would, I would be shocked if he's not back at this point, but I guess anything's possible. You know, somebody could come in with a bigger offer last minute and be like, Hey, and it could happen. I don't see it happening. If that was going to happen, I feel like it would have happened already. But maybe a team gets de- desperate post-draft and didn't get a guy they really wanted. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see it happening uh, any other way than him coming back to Cleveland at this point. So uh, I think it's just a matter of time. Again, I don't know anything. I don't know anything definitive. But um, just looking at the defensive ends on the roster, and really there hasn't been any interest in any other veteran defensive ends. Uh, and I don't think they want to go into the season with... Uh, Alex Wright and Chase Winovich battling for with Stephen Weatherly for a starting job. So, um, but I think the lack of activity elsewhere for a vet defensive end kind of kind of says what it needs to say at this point. And again, Jerry Hughes just signed with the Texans, so that's one less qualifying name to even consider. So, again, I, th- I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. They also the Browns also like still have even after paying Denzel Ward and you know it seems like paying Deshaun Watson even though they're not making a ton this year, 
uh, we still are like at the top of cap space. So mm-hmm. if it was a spot where like the Brown, because I mean, if you're Andrew Barry, you're looking at your defensive room, you're like, this is not great outside of Miles Garrett. So if they needed to up the ante or, you know, offer a little bit more money to Jay Davion, like if he really was holding out for money, I think that they would probably do that with where they sit at the position right now. And they're not so that we know of. So, I mean, it kind of makes you think that they got the shadow agreement behind closed doors. Like, Hey, I don't want to show up till this time. I'll sign, you know, then if it hasn't already been, it might've already been signed. We're just not, it's just like a, a backdoor deal or something like that. So that would give me optimism as well. Just the, from a cap space standpoint, it's not like we're strapped for it. Right. We have $28 million, $27.5 million in cap space with Baker Mayfield still on the roster. So like, again, I don't think Baker's going anywhere anytime soon either. Uh, so I think they're going to end up being that $18 million one way or the other, but you still have $27 million and you're not spending all of that. Like who else, what else are they going to, they're not going to go out and get anybody else on a big contract. No, there's no one in left. 2023. No, they're not going to go out and trade for somebody with a $20 million cap hit. Like it's just not going to happen. So like, yeah, they got, they got plenty of wiggle room, plenty of wiggle room. Also, have even more wiggle room once uh, Austin Hooper's contract comes off the books. So, I mean, they're just they're going to be just you know just living in cap space. So, if they want to get if they wanted if they needed to offer you know Jadavian Clowney uh, a couple more mil guaranteed, a couple maybe a couple more a year, they could do that. I think that it. I think we everybody just needs to accept that Jadavian Clowney is a Brown. I'm just going to start speaking like he is, and then you know one day he will be. So that's kind of how I've been speaking in general, like. I'm just under the assumption he's coming back. Right on, right on. And then the other news, we do have a Deshaun Watson update. Um, other than, you know, his crispy passes he's throwing um, indoors to the likes of Harrison Bryant and Amari Cooper. You know, that's all fun and good. But um, from the legal aspect, he does have a couple of depositions coming up. Um, I believe he has one this Friday. Say that again. Say that word again. Depositions? There you go. <laughs> you said depositions. Wait, wait, I, was, I was like, wait, what did I say that first time? And, you know, hey, if you've been listening long enough, you know I don't always say words correctly. But, you know, this is a podcast. You should probably get those right. But, you know, yeah, sometimes I just think something sounds good and I roll with it. And then, you know, if somebody catches it, they catch it. I respect it. I respect it. But yeah, so he's got, a, got one this week, I believe. And then he's got – I think I read he has two more in June. Um, and they have about till both sides um, – I think Rusty Harden is the lawyer's name from um, the accusers. And I think both sides have until I want to say the end of July to decide if they're going to go to trial or if they are going to settle. Um, Deshaun Watson has said that he does not want to settle. So I don't know if that will change between now and the end of July. Um, But basically if they don't decide what they're going to do by then everything's it's been agreed upon that they're going to push it till after the 2022 Mm -hmm. season. So, you know, we were sitting here wondering how many games this guy might get, he might be playing all 17 health if he's healthy, you know, it's kind of a, we've come a lot. I mean, it's, it's weird to think that he signed with the, or the Browns traded for him. Like feels like two months, two and a half months ago. It's kind of crazy. It was like 14 years ago. Yeah. Just how long this thing's dragging on. It feels like it was forever ago. But yeah. So, I mean, that's for, you know, for wins and losses in the 2022 season, that's a a big deal. If he's going to be there for the whole thing. Um, so I guess, uh, let's just start there with the, um, well, I do want to talk about Brady, Tom Brady, dude. I mean, 375 for 10 years for, to become the new, uh, color analyst at Fox to replace Troy Aikman. That's freaking insane, man. Yes. Uh, I am glad Troy Aikman's out of the booth as well. I, I, there's nobody I 
detest listening to more than Troy Aikman. So uh, I'm very happy about that. Uh, that dude really has no interest in like taking a day off <laughs> at all. Time spending time with his family. <laughs> he just like even before he's retired from football, he's already lined it up. Which I guess Greg Olson did that too. Like he lined it up before he retired, but. Like my goodness, he he retired for what a month and was like, "Nah, I'm good." I don't. Was it even a month? Was it a month? I, I mean, I don't think so. I I don't I don't know. It's, it's he's wild. also ma- he's making the most money of any analyst. Like we're talking, it's his first. He's never called a game before. Like this is. I mean, he is the goat. So I mean, you got to do what you got to do to get the goat. He's well spoken. You know, he's in plenty of documentaries. He's a brand ambassador. He's running like, all a TikTok sorts of- viral. Yeah. Yeah, dude, he knows what he's doing. I mean, I have no doubt that he's not going to be or that he's going to be good at it. But just like to get that, I mean, that's crazy. It's a crazy deal. He's going to um, and then Aaron, you got to I was going to I don't want to spoil it in case it is. I don't know what it is. What is your stat of the week? My stat of the week is Tom Brady related. Thank you for uh, giving me the option. So stat of the week are the highest paid sports broadcasters annually, which is via The Athletic. Uh, Tom Brady is number one, $37.5 million a year. Number two is Jim Rome, $30 million a year. Three, any guesses? I didn't even know you. How do you, where do you even listen to Jim Rome? How is he making $30 million? Right. Uh, I mean, he has a radio show and a TV show. Is it still Rome is burning? I don't think it's Stephen A. I don't think it's Stephen A. Stephen A only makes like 10 or 12, I think. I think Stephen A is top five still. Uh, he is top five yeah steven a is number five at 10 million number five okay oh man three is it joe buck no it's not number three Mm -hmm. riley any guesses you Um, guessed i want to is it just from one company or is it just earnings from it can it be from multiple things because it's from Uh, multiple uh, things i'd say phil sims because he does golf as well this says highest pays sports broadcasters annually, so I don't have that specific of the breakdown of where their money's coming from. Bob Costas does a lot too. Especially yeah, I don't know where you can watch him either. That's a guy with pink eye, right? <laughs> from the Olympics, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, number three is Tony Romo at eighteen million. Uh, what the hell? That should have been easy. That should have been now. Nah, we're number stupid. four That's is a big gap. Yeah, from thirty to one and two. Thirty-seven to thirty from uh, Tom Brady to Jim Rome. And then number four is uh, Michael Strand at seventeen million. The fuck? Which he? Oh, Good Morning America is paying him well. Yeah, but I don't know that. Uh, I wonder if that money counts towards this. I don't know. I have to dig deep into this. This is just uh, basically on. This is a tweet of the stat from the Athletic, so I'm sure there's a whole article about it with more details that I could look into if you guys are interested. Oh, dude, way to really be prepared on this one. (laughs) I gave you the stat just because you want more questions. Well, if there's uh, if you can count more than one sport, then it's definitely Joe Buck or like Phil Sims because they do multiple sports. Phil Sims does like every sport. He does college <laughs> basketball, golf, NFL. Like, but dude, maybe they don't pay him that much. Cleveland natives. Phil Sims, not Phil Sims. I keep saying Phil Sims. Yeah, I was yes. gonna ask. I don't know if you know who you're. I talking I don't know about. who the heck you're talking about. Yeah. Who do you think? Who are <laughs> Phil you? Phil Sims about? is like. You're talking about Jim Nance. Yeah, sorry. You're talking about Jim Nance. <laughs> college basketball, college sorry, NFL, college basketball, golf. I'm sure Vern Lundquist would have been up there for a while while he was doing it. Because he had CBS uh, college football and the Masters, and he was doing college basketball with CBS too, I think. Breen was probably up there. 
Doesn't he only do like college basketball? And I think he does NBA too. I'm gonna see if I can find some more more right. numbers on this. Yes, we but will. Yeah. Uh, we will carry on. We'll let's circle get, back. Let's get into the quarterback room. Um, I don't think there's. You know, we said there wasn't. Remember last year, we were like, there's no quarterback competition. The year before that, we were like, there's no quarterback competition. I don't think there's a quarterback competition this year no. either. Um, uh, you're you're no. paying a guy a record contract. Uh, he's probably going to start for you. I don't see uh, Jacoby Brissett, you know, really challenging Deshaun Watson as a starter. But uh, let's talk a little bit just about what we're getting from Deshaun and the difference that we're going to see between you know, Deshaun Watson, our starter this year, and Baker Mayfield, our starter last year. Yeah, so I think a place to start is going back to that, what was it now, 2020 season? Yeah, 2020 season was the last year he played, where he led the league in, in passing yards uh, with a hobbled Randall Cobb, a hobbled uh, Will Fuller. So he's thrown to Darren Fells, Kiki Kuti, uh, Chad Hansen. Yeah, Brandon bunch Cooks. Of guys. Yeah, Brandon Cooks was hobbled too, though. So, like, for most of the season, he was throwing to dudes who – uh, aren't on teams right now. Uh, and so I think, and I think it's showing up in the, the way the Browns are constructing their wide receiver. And like the report came out this week that they're not interested in bringing in a veteran receiver. Like it's just, they're just, they're, they're they feel good about where they're at. So their assumption is, you know, if, I think if Watson could do that with these guys, like we expect him to raise the floor of Donovan Peoples Jones. We expect him to get more out of Anthony Schwartz. We expect him to, uh, be able to incorporate David Bell into the office, offense in year one. So uh, I think first and foremost, you're going to get a guy who's going to immediately improve the play of the wide receiver room, um, which makes me excited for David and Joku as well. Uh, not that I need any more reason to get excited about David and Joku in 2022. Um, but so I think that's that's a good place to start. Uh, I think a second place to start is is not only his ability to operate in structure, which, I mean, Baker could do. Baker thrived off play action, you know, when, when, when things were there for him. But there, there's now another, another element of, 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 of the offense where, where the play breaks down. Like, we don't have to assume, like, oh, shit, this is a turnover. Oh, shit, he's going to take a bad sack here, or, you know. Um, there's just that element of, of the ability to improvise, the ability to extend plays. Um, that's going to that's gonna do wonders as well. It's going to do wonders for the offense. Um, so that's a really good place to start with the difference in the offense from last year and the offense from this year. Um, again, the improvements in wide receiver rooms will, will obviously make us a, a, a heavier passing offense in general. Uh, but I also don't think we have a quarterback who the head coach is going to feel hamstrung by either in, in terms of play calling and what he can call. Right. And we were talking about just our offenses just our team really in general, just how loaded we thought we were going to be last year. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you're, if you could translate I know we don't have Odell Beckham Jr. anymore. I know we don't have Jarvis Landry anymore, but we have Amari Cooper. We've got David Bell now. Like um, I consider that an upgrade. Um, and we're talking to Sean Watson put up 70, he completed 70% of his passes in 2020, you know, he had 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions threw for almost 5,000 yards. And, and like you said, with a bunch of nobodies with a terrible coach, with a terrible offensive line, a defense that couldn't, you know, keep them, couldn't keep anyone, you know, off the field. So it's like you get people will, I feel like, rag on Deshaun Watson's plays. It's like, how could you, you trade for this guy? He could only win four games with this team. Like, how is he supposed to be some kind of top five quarterback? You're supposed to be able to carry your team. I was like, okay, yeah, well, you also need things like, you know, coaching, a couple players to play with you, stuff like that. So I just think that you drop somebody with who could do that with that and put them on the Browns who, when we have, you know, a top five offensive line, you know, we've got 
plenty of skill position players. We've got probably the top running back room. Like it just it's it's a lot. You can rag on them for you know a record, but like once again, it's a record. It's not. You say it all the time. It's not indicate indicative of you know a quarterback in his play. I guess you know what I'm saying. Right. Right. So I actually have charting data from the 2022 season or 2020 season. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't have char- charting data from the future. Um, but again, I charted it in. <laughs> every quarterback who threw a pass in 2020, not every, who started games in 2022 or 2020. I'm sorry. Geez. Um, and going back to that, um, Deshaun Watson was the 11th most on target quarterback. The first eight games of the season, the fourth most, uh, the last eight games of the season, uh, his total um, on-target percentage from from my charting, uh, he was the third most on-target quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes when you take into full season um, based on where, you know, quarterbacks fluctuate in those first eight games, last eight games. Only Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers uh, had a higher on-target percentage than him um, from my my personal charting. Um, so, I, again, that that's, that's tremendous. I even have it broken down by levels of the field. So... Um, you know, full season, middle of the field, only Aaron Rodgers is higher than him, working over the middle of the field. Uh, deep ball-wise, he's he's eighth. He was eighth behind Kyler Murray, Tannehill, Stafford, Rodgers, Wilson, Carr, Lamar. Outside the numbers, he was, was seventh. Like, this guy can operate to every level of the field and do so at a high level. Anything under 10 yards, he was fifth. Like, he's, in terms of accuracy on target placement, like, this dude is, this dude's it. The last eight games of the season, under 10 yards, he was second. Middle of the field, he was first. Um, deep ball, so 30 plus yards here, was at 70% on target percentage, uh, seventh. Like, again, this guy, any any level of the field, he, he can hit there. And again, we're talking about the player. We're not going to talk about the person. We're talking about the player. The player that the Browns have at quarterback position is a easily top five, we could argue top three quarterback in the NFL. Yes, and it's so easy to forget because he didn't play last year that that's pretty much who he was. He was, you know, a good record away from probably being the, you know, top two in the NFL MVP voting. Um, and, you know, we haven't even really touched on, you know, it's just his, his his rushing ability is one thing. Just the threat of his athleticism is just completely changes, changes mm-hmm. everything. I know everyone says that, but the dude, you know, he's ever, he's had over 1,600 rushing yards in his career like that's i mean you're lucky if you're getting like you know 10 yards out of your quarterback a game like i mean it's a lot more common now because there's a lot more athletic people playing quarterback but you know just to have one of those difference make potential difference makers he's not lamar jackson but you know he's pretty damn close yeah yeah uh he can scoot he can scoot for sure uh, again, like his, you can look at his combine numbers and say, "Oh, he didn't run that fast." But like, okay, tell me about what's his what's his on-field tracking. What does that tell me? Uh, instead, uh, and he can move. Like, there's no doubt about it. He's very fluid with the football in his hands as a runner. Uh, I think his first career touchdown at the NFL level was like a 30-yard rushing touchdown. So um, I remember that he can move. Yeah, it was like a Thursday night game. Um, yeah. There's, there's no doubt about his ability to use his legs for the better to extend plays. Um, it's going to be really exciting to see on Sundays. It's going to be, I mean, I, again, there's, there's that element of, you know, uh, indifference towards Deshaun Watson. But as far as a, the quarterback in a Cleveland Browns uniform, it, it's hard to find a better, a better dude. He's, he, just, he possesses so many things that even I know <laughs> – 
I know you're probably going to yell at me. Kevin Stefanski is like the object of, you know, Brown's Twitter right now. Everybody wants to hate on him. But, I mean, the dude has never had, like, even in his days of, in Minnesota, he's never had an athlete like this. So, you know, we think we think we have this, like, grasp on what, like, Kevin Stefanski is and, like, what he likes to do. But, like, there's a good chance that we're going to see something, you know, completely different in 2022. Yeah, I don't think it can be overstated the amount that Kevin Stefanski was – hampered uh limited in his ability to call plays and his ability to trust his quarterback uh and that narrowed the playbook out a lot like naturally like you're not going to run stuff that you think is going to go disastrous so um yeah we're going to see some fireworks we're going to see some fireworks uh i don't think there's going to be any sort of concern about play calling uh this season i think so that, that matter is going to be put to bed because it was never an issue in the first place yeah. <laughs> well, it's a realistic expectation for Deshaun. I mean, the, the man has not played, you know, we say he's a top five quarterback. The man has not played in a year. Uh, he hasn't seen, you know, live rounds in a year. What's a, do you expect kind of a slower start? Um, if he does have a slower start, that's not going to bother me. Uh, but like what, all in all, what is a realistic expectation for Deshaun Watson with Kevin Stefanski in year one? Yeah. Um, I mean, there should be no reason he's under 4,000 yards passing, in my opinion. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see more so, like, not what we expect out of Deshaun, what, we, what we'll see out of Stefanski. Like, what does it look like when he's wrinkled, like, he can add the wrinkles back in? Um, but, you know, I, I think there's no reason he shouldn't be under 4,000 yards. The dude threw for 5,000 yards with practice squad receivers. So, um, you got Amari Cooper, you got Donovan Peoples Jones, David Bell, uh, Anthony Schwartz. Again, it's not like, it's not a, a lineup full of heaters, you know what I'm saying? That's not like fastball after fastball, but like you have a bona fide top five route runner in the league, a dude who's been a pro bowler, who's been uh, just that dude for, for two different teams throughout his career. Like he's a, he's a, he's a bona fide number one receiver. So uh, you have targets, you have maybe the most athletic tight end in the NFL on your roster. Um, and David Njoku, again, the guy's a national champion high jumper. So um, really I, I don't see any reason why this offense shouldn't shouldn't find success. And then it helps to have the running game that you have behind it. it I expect his, any pressure. <laughs> yeah, I expect his numbers to look a lot like 2020. I mean, because he's going to be playing with a way better offense, a way better defense, a way better coach. Everything is going to be better for him, literally. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, even if he has a slow start, you know, he should still reach these, you know, benchmarks, um, you know. That's what we're talking, what, 33 touchdowns? I mean, that's not that's not out of the realm of possibility, even with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So it's going to be exciting, man. It's going to be fun. But something a little less fun, um, Baker Mayfield battling for the backup job with Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's Jacoby's job. I mean, they're paying him like it's his job. Uh, I think you probably have, you know, one of a top five backup in the NFL. So, I mean, you're pretty set there. Um, That'd be the best up. backup in the, the NFL. Yeah. He's making, he's making almost $5 million next year. You know, it's not case Keenum deal, but I think he's probably a better, better player than case Keenum. So you definitely have upgraded at the backup position um, from last year. And then, you know, Josh Dobbs, um, we'll talk about Jacoby. If, if it starts looking like he may actually start games, we'll get into Jacoby a little bit more, but you know, uh, right now, we're just going to treat him as a backup. And then Josh Jobs, probably your practice squad quarterback. He's played like 
30 snaps in the NFL. I don't know if you're going to have to worry about anyone snatching him off your practice squad. But, yeah, pretty set there. Um, and then specialist, man, um, we've changed everything, literally everything. And we needed to change everything because – Oh, yeah, we did. It was, it was bad. But let's start with Cade York. You know, you don't have any NFL film to go off of him, but this is a guy who, you know, hit almost 100% of his extra points in college. You know, he's he's hit 54 out of 66 field goals in college um, and 81%. Like, that's, that's still pretty good. Um, I mean – it's just, it's going to be, I feel like if the dude is even, you know, I know everyone wants him, wants him to be McPherson from Cincinnati. I think that's a little unrealistic, but I mean, even if he's 80% of them, man, that's still like a huge jump from what we had huge. last year. Huge. Yeah. Uh, and I think being, a, I think, again, kicking in the NFL is a whole different game, but I think being a fourth round pick is going to give him the luxury of time. Like NFL kickers get the ax so quickly. You know, they have two bad games. You're gone. Like you're gone. Um, I think being a fourth round pick is going to give him the luxury of having a little bit more time than that. I think the Browns are going to be patient with him, um, which is going to be nice. Again, this dude booted a 57 yard game winner in fog on a swampy field. So like uh, he's, he's got the leg. Uh, he's got the demeanor to come out and try to dominate. Um, we'll see how he can kick on the lake. But again, like, Again, we said this last week. Last week we have had this conversation since 2012, since Phil Dawson was cut by the Browns. We've had been having this conversation about finding the right kicker. So, I have hope. I have hope. Again, a fourth round investment is, is a steep one. So, I mean, it's not Roberto Aguayo going second round, but um, so I have hope. Well, you brought him up. Roberto Aguayo did only get one year. So, well, he was. I mean. I, he was terrible though. Like that was worth like, okay, we got to get, we got to get out of here with this. Yeah. Yes. But no, I agree. I think he's going to get time. And honestly, I think he's, I think he's going to be fine. Um, You know, it really just, I, I think it's, we're under overestimating how like Chase McLaughlin's kicking actually kind of cost us games last year. You know, the guy was, the guy was hitting 71%. That's, that's a big deal. That's a big jump from, you know, 80, 81. It doesn't sound like it's a big jump, but that's a big jump. 81% to 71% in Cade York in college, whatever. Take take it what you will, but it's a big deal, especially when you're missing the important ones. So, yeah. yes, upgrade there. We are no specialists, so we'll probably just leave it at that. Um, I think we also have another upgrade at punter. I know you are convinced he's a top 10 punter. I'm still waiting for the data to come in on that. Uh, but, you know, we're talking about Corey Bajorquiles. Bajorquez. Uh, Bajorquez. Yes. Um, you know, he hit the 82-yard 80, bomb last year, so that was cool to see. Um, his average um, is 46 yards, so, you know, you'd like to see that. That's not much higher than Jamie Gillen, but, you know, as far as placement goes, that's what you're looking for. You know, inside the 20, um, he's hitting like 33% of those, so that's a big deal if you're kicking a connoisseur. Um but yeah, dude, another upgrade. And uh, like I said, all I want him to do is hold on to the ball when we're playing the Chiefs week one and we're good. Yeah, that's all you got to do. And boot it. Boot it. Uh, so, um, again, punting, man, was atrocious last year. I mean, Dustin Colquitt was a little bit better, but he doesn't have a big leg by any means, and he's like 40. So going out and getting a new punter was, was a necessity. Uh, and they did so by going out and, and spending money on it in free agency and not drafting one and using draft capital. Like, that's... That's kind of a big deal, too. So, um, you know, I, again, this is Mike Prefer's job we're talking about now. 
we got him we got him guys that that he probably pounded the table for um so here you go show us what you got yep and uh Bajorquez also has you know he has playoff experience so you know he's been in those pressure situations you know so i mean i'm i'm excited i I know it's stupid to be excited about specialists but dude it's just been like you know it's been such That's a atrocious. problem like it's just like i'm just i just want to see it get figured out and then you know probably our biggest upgrade went out and spent some money on a returner and jakeem mm-hmm. grant you know we're talking almost if he sees the end of this contract he's gonna make almost 14 million dollars um that's a lot that's a big upgrade from you know offering jojo natson a million dollars to come back last year that you know this and i think people are sleeping on a little bit of you know how much he was kind of used as a receiver in miami you know the guy had you know almost 600 yards back in 2019 like it's not like they just didn't use him at all i don't know if we'll need him in our offense but you know he is going to be on the team he is going to take up a receiver spot so if he can if we could bring him in in a couple different packages that would be be nice to see but yes as far as you know Last year, Corey, we got Anthony Schwartz, who actually returned most of the kickoffs. You know, we got Demetric Felton, two rookies, essentially. Dearness Johnson did, un, you know, he did a decent job when he was back there returning kicks. But, you know, and then we've got a couple from Jamarcus Bradley. So, you know, none. you don't really want to see if Schwartz, you know, we just need this dude to figure out the receiver position before we're trying to, you know, push him into other things. Like, let his, let him focus on that and let Jakeem Grant return these kicks and you know he's he's taken two he's only taken two in the house in his career but you know that's more than the browns have had since you know jakeem was even drafted because i think we talked about it last week it was uh travis benjamin or someone back in like oh man travis was electric yeah it was back in like 2014 2015 something like that yeah benjamin's yeah 2014 would have been his last year with the browns um man travis benjamin what a good dude or no 2015 would have been his last year with the browns um but yeah, Jakeem was brought here to be a return man. Again, that makes me think we'll get into the receivers deeper, you know, in a few a couple weeks. But uh, it makes me think they might roster six receivers uh, when historically they've only offered or um, rostered five, uh, just because I think Jakeem's here to be a return man. So I don't know if they'll consider that a real roster spot for a receiver. Uh, he's electric, man. Super, super fast, super agile. He's a little risky. A little risky. He's not afraid to throw punts within the five yard line and kicks, you know, deep out of the end zone. So. Um, that's where it can get a little touchy with, with Jakeem. Um, but there's no doubt in my mind that again, they needed to go out and they needed to spend money to get actual specialists, which they haven't done in, in recent years. And again, if I had to guess, I would say, you know, Mike Prefer probably had exit interviews that, that didn't go well with the coaching staff of the front office. And he probably told them that's because I don't have the guys that I need to do a successful job. So they went out and they spent a lot of capital on guys who he needed to do the job. So again, this is Prefer's job we're talking about now. You have a kick return specialist. You have a punter uh, who has had success in the NFL, and you have a kicker, the best kicker in the draft, uh, who they spent a fourth round pick on. So um, when we're talking about specialists, like the the Prefer waiting game is over. It's now or never. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, you mentioned it. He does like to return, though. He said so himself that if you kick him the ball, he will return it. Um, <laughs> the good thing about that is he averages, you know, almost 25 yards a kick. So, I mean, a kick return. So, I mean, that's, you know, even if you're starting on the five, you're still getting to the 30. So, I mean, um, that's good. It's, it's a, like we said, another needed upgrade. I'm glad this room was just completely overhauled. Um, Gutted. Yeah. It's uh, I think we're going to see a big difference. It's going to be, you know, hopefully on the other side. I also saw a crazy stat, Corey, that literally the Browns opponents last year only missed one field goal 
against us all season long. That is wild. insane luck. Insane. That is. And unfortunately, all of those were game ended up being game winners. So, you know, hopefully we can be on the other side of those. They ruined a Nick Mullins comeback. Ruined it. Ruined it. He could have lived in Cleveland lore for the rest of eternity. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. But yeah, so I know you guys were really looking forward to that special teams breakdown, but you know, it's over. We can move on to other more interesting position groups. Um, a lot more competition in the other rooms. Um, and But these were kind of probably the two most set ones, the least amount to talk about, so we put them together. Um, but you know, as far as Brown stuff goes, you know, we're going to maybe get some more information on Deshaun Watson going forward. Uh, we still got a week or two, I think, before uh, minicamp or OTAs, I believe. Um, so it's going to be a little boring. So yeah. we'll try to, we'll try to, uh, you know, we might have a clowny thing to talk, something clowny related to talk about. You know, I don't know if you said they're done at receiver. Um, so don't know how many more ads we're going to be getting. So we'll try to find stuff. But until then, um, you know, if you are, we are going to, we're going to start doing our weekly drafts. We did those last year. They were a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, I'm going to just go ahead and give a service warning that anyone who is not into Marvel movies can check out. Thank you for so much for listening this week. We appreciate you. We love you. The Nothing Rhymes with Orange family um, is always thinking of you. Um, please subscribe, rate, and review. But if you are into Marvel movies, you can stick around for the draft. I, we just didn't want to nerd out on everybody. Um, so we're giving you the hard out that you can. It's okay. We're giving you permission to leave the podcast now. We'll see you next week. All right, welcome nerds. Welcome to the Marvel. We're doing only MCU characters. Nothing vibes with orange after dark. Yes, yes, we're about to nerd the fuck out on you guys. So this week, our draft is going to be MCU. We're we're basically trying to make the best, the strongest MCU team. So we're each going to take turns drafting. Um, I think we're going to do a snake draft. So the first pick will get the sixth pick. Um, and then we're going to put a Twitter poll and let you guys decide, but we're going to make an argument for, we're not going to spend too much time on each guy. Cause we don't want to bore the hell out of you guys, but, um, but yeah, it's going to be fun. So MCU characters, basically you have to have seen them in one of the, if you're not totally sure what the MCU is, it's not the X-Men movies. Um, it's not like the first fantastic four that was made back in like 2003. Um, we're not doing the Netflix shows. Um, it just, just MCU stuff. So it can be Disney plus, or it can be, it has to be made by Marvel studios. Um, pretty much anything that's come out after the incredible Hulk. So the incredible Hulk was the first one, actually the Edward Norton Hulk movie. That was garbage. Yes. yes. So yeah. that and anything else after that is fair game. We will actually Iron you. Man was the first one. I was wrong, but. Yeah, which is wild because the the Incredible Hulk movie looks like it was made in like it some looks like it was made in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Well, but you didn't you guys say we're not including some of the like the random like alternate spinoffs of like the What If or like things like that too? It's got to be like kind of a semi mainline TV show movie character. Yeah, yes. things get a little hairy when you get into the. Uh what if timelines what if stuff we're not doing oh we i guess we should you know set some ground rules we don't want to if you're going to talk about something with the multiverse of madness related make sure you throw a spoiler on there so the person can cover their ears because it has only been out a week so we should probably give people a little Mm -hmm. more time to see it um but yes we are idiots and didn't decide who was going to go first um before we started recording so aaron what do you got for us 
I got a randomizer we can use. So uh, it's a little. Oh, I love you so much. Always now you're prepared. <laughs> you're good with the randomizers. There's not so much the. If you if you tell me what football things you're going to talk about before the podcast, that would help. He told me six hours ago that we're doing a Marvel draft. Didn't say anything about what football topics <laughs> we were talking about. So the important it's, you stuff know. there. The important yeah. <laughs> the off season. <laughs> All right, so I'll just hit this randomizer. See who goes first. You said snake draft, right? Yes, sir. All right. Well, I have the first pick, and honestly, oh, hey, Aaron, how it. confident are you? Do you have any any hope that you're going to win this thing? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not going to like sit here and say that I've watched every like random Disney Plus show, whatever. But I've seen, I would say, eighty five percent of the movies, and three or four of the TV shows. So I, I'm going to know. And that's the other thing too. We forgot to say like how many rounds for Twitter purposes. I think we should just do three rounds. I could pick the top, my top three pretty easily. Like you cannot even leave the movies and get your top three. I feel like. So anyways, um, I'll go first. I'll hit it again. See who goes second. Just so you guys know, uh, looks like Corey second. Riley is third. Let's go. All right. Next spot. So number All right, one. start us off, bud. What do you got? Sheesh. Please it's don't blow it on pressure. Black Widow. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. Um, I think I'm going to go with... Sorry, I'm just looking at this thing here. I think I'm going to stick with Old Faithful and pick Iron Man. Ooh. Wow, Aaron, that is it. You have already lost. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> you just picked Baker Mayfield one overall, dude. Oh dear God! <laughs> okay, my turn. Okay, Aaron, do you want any? You know what? Yeah, do you want to like explain? No, why I mean, I think why or did I can... just totally throw you off? No, well, the leadership aspect. Off, but that's okay. I think it. Number one, there's a uh, there's like a a little bit of a swagger there that like adds a little juice to the team. Uh, the Jarvis Landry of the MCU. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, there's that. And then, like, he plays a big enough role. Like, he's not going to overpower somebody on, like, a one-on-one -on -one thing. But I think as a part of a team, he adds enough to – if you're doing, like, a three-on-three -three type of situation, which is what we're doing for this this purpose, I think he adds enough to be dangerous. And, you know, when it comes down to it, he he had a pretty important role, at least, you know, within the main movies and basically saved everybody. So um, – Can't believe you spoiled Endgame for everybody. Yeah, I know. Three years later, four years <laughs> later. Uh, no, I mean, so you're 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 not. I I would do my wanna, point to get that, like, if you're if you're incorporating in a team, I think that it's not as bad as a pick as I initially said. Yeah, and like the thing is, it's a we're talking. This is a results based industry, man. So like, you just look at the results <laughs> of what he's able to do. I'll take it. Like on paper, you're right. Maybe he's like he doesn't have superpowers or something, but like he he accomplishes things. He gets things done. Yeah, so Baker got a stat in Norman, Oklahoma. So he's super. That is very true. Very <laughs> true. All you got to do is just a little bit, and you'll yep. you'll get a you'll get recognition. But yeah, man, right. he can, he's also super out. smart. So mm -hmm. true. Smartest, mm. one of the smartest people in the in the world, I think. But you know, now we're in the multiverse, dude. So he might only be like the hundredth smartest person in all the multiverses. So, and there might be okay. Never mind. I also had yeah, to throw a spoiler call. on there. Good call. <laughs> Is my turn? Are we good now? Yep. Sorry. No, it's okay. I'm taking Wanda, man. I'm taking Wanda second overall. Again, I'm not even going to get into the multiverse because I'm not spoiling anything there for listeners. But like, even outside of what happens in the multiverse of or the madness, of, yeah, the madness of the multiverse, whatever it's called. Uh, 
Almost. <laughs> He's the only person who had the ability to destroy an Infinity Stone to to crack open Vision's skull, pretty much. Uh, and also, she was the only person who had the ability to almost pull Thanos apart limb by limb. Like, I, I think that that Wanda is overpowered. Is how like I think she's OP. Is how good I think or how strong I think Wanda is uh, compared to the puny the, the puny strengths of like Captain America. So uh, I'm taking Wanda. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're comparing her to Captain America, she's pretty legit. I mean, I think <laughs> there's definitely some bigger bads out there, some bigger, um, you know, some people who could potentially combat her magic and um, all that stuff. But but yeah, it's not, it's a solid pick. I knew you were amped up to pick her, so I'm glad you got it. I was. But... I was picked. I was, I, I, I th- again, I think like two years ago, I tweeted out something about Wanda being what I thought was the strongest adventure. So it's come full fruition for me. She's my my first round draft pick. Well, and also Elizabeth fair, Olsen can get it any day of the week. <laughs> she is definitely the hottest sister of the three for sure. <laughs> it's an underdog story compared to where she came. Dude, like, I know, right? Her like, sisters, yeah. She she really it's like uh it's like it's like me. I peaked in high school, so it's pretty <laughs> much like you had your glow up, you know, later in life. So now you're just living on top while staring down at me. But yeah, dude. Uh, and you're right. She is the strongest Avenger. The problem is, you know, that, you know, not everybody's an Avenger. So, which comes to my first pick. All right. And then, so for my first pick, um, you know, this is probably going to be a forgotten guy. You know, a lot of people aren't going to be thinking of this one. You clearly didn't think of him because this guy's a total badass. Um, but, and I, and I feel like Doctor Strange, the first movie, kind of flew under the radar a little bit. I feel like not a ton of people you know, call back to that movie. Um, but I'm taking Dormammu, man. The, the, oh. guy, the guy runs, you know, the Shadow Realm. He's got all kinds of crazy, uh, he's got magical power. He's got, he draws energy from the, the Shadow, I don't think it's called the Shadow Realm, but it's called the Shadow uh, uh, Universe or whatever it is. But but basically, if you haven't seen Doctor Strange, spoil, this is a spoiler. Um, the only reason he didn't destroy the world is because uh, Doctor Strange had the times, uh, the time stone, and basically like annoyed Dormammu to death by like putting him in a time loop, um, to where they made an agreement that he would leave the Earth alone. So now that there's no time stone, if Dormammu wanted, he'd come back and just absolutely fuck the whole world up. So, so yeah, dude. Uh, basically, you better um, either find the time stone or find another time stone. In this case, or the world's destroyed if Dormammu changes his mind. So then I'll switch over to my, since it is a snake draft, I am up next. And my second pick is going to be Arishim the Judge. He is the lead dog of the Celestial. You're getting way too cute with this. Bro, you're <laughs> so you're mad I did my research. All right, that's fine. That's fine. Hey, Arishim the Judge, dude, not only is he a cosmic being, um, he's got super strength, super durability. He's like basically can't be. He basically can't be killed by hardly anything um, that we've seen in the MCU so far. So this guy will just smoke everybody. I don't, that's I'm gonna leave it at that. Dude's a dog. He he create life. He's got that dog in him. He can create life. <laughs> so I'm gonna keep it short on that guy. I'm taking Arishim the judge. All right, you're up, Corey. Again, I, I think you're getting way too cute with this. So I, I feel like I'm getting steals here. I took Wanda with my first round pick. I'm coming back and I'm getting Captain Marvel, man. 
Captain Marvel could have prevented all of Endgame, by the way. I don't know why she didn't step in earlier. But I'm taking Captain Marvel. Now I got Wanda and Captain Marvel, two people who have the powers of Infinity Stones, and you just let me have them. So Snatched my pick. Snatched my pick. Um, she's basically indestructible. Yeah? I mean, she's a dog, but I mean, she's not... She's in my top five or six, maybe? You're getting way too cute with this, man. Dude, I'm just using facts. I'm running away. I'm running away with you. You're lucky I can't use anything from the comics because then you just be getting smoked. Like, these dudes, this is just what we've seen in the movies. Yeah, well. All right, Aaron, you're up. Well, you just stole the thunder because, like, since it's a snake, I get two in a row. So now I have to, I have to really kind of scramble down here. I are scrambling. Don't trade the forty fourth pick. Stay I'm not going to trade the forty fourth pick. I think I'm going to go with, and because it doesn't matter what order I pick them in, uh, I think I'm going to go with um, Doctor Strange. My angle here is again going back to this team building mentality. I'm building a team. They have to complement each other. So my thought is Iron Man has, you know, his set of skills, his, you know, parameters. Doctor Strange has his. So it's it's all going to be very much like lateral movement, a lot of like coming at things from different angle. I'm not coming through with brute force. I'm not coming you're, straight. You're a system guy. Yeah, I'm a system guy. Thank you. It's a West Coast offense here. So like I got Dr. Strange making things unpredictable. I got Tony being really smart. So that's my my second pick. And then my third round, um, you have to have a little bit of muscle. So I'm going with Thor. They'll open the doors. He goes right through. That's my that's my team. I was going to take Thor coming back around. Thor's a good one. Uh, okay. I'm going to go. Why not make it three for three on dudes who have their powers drawn from infinity stones dudes. I said dudes. And I took two females, the first two. Picks, don't but, exist, but yeah, uh, I've taken, I've taken vision. I'm taking vision. Dude, dude, he's got the dog in him and he's, he's <laughs> got the composure. I've got that spouse connection. He's, he's got the spouse <laughs> connection. Yeah. Him and Wanda are unstoppable together. Wanda's the only person who has been proven capable of taking down, I guess the, Thanos' little minions almost killed him too, but uh, and Thanos pulled it out of his head too, whatever. But uh, Wanda's the only one who's shown the ability to really control Vision, and she's on my team. So bring it. You know they really don't do Vision justice in the movie. They kind of make him really weak. So I mean that's fine. They, you they nerfed him? him in the movies. Yeah, yeah. Especially in that What If episode where he just slices Thanos in half with his with the Mind Stone. So. That was technically Ultron. Well, yeah. Ultron, Dan- wait, what? No, I thought it was Thanos. No, well, Ultron sliced Thanos. The Vision body was technically oh, yes. Ultron. Right, right, right. Well, you know what I'm saying. And what if, yeah. But yes, they definitely dummy him down. He's still pretty strong. Um, he's probably the only reason the Avengers beat, you know, Ultron in the first place. Um, even though I'd probably pick Ultron over Vision just because he isn't even a person. He's just an idea. Like... He Vision just, uh, wiped the floor with Ultron. I mean, because he had they had to win. I mean, Ultron could have just jumped into the nearest tablet and be like, all right, well, now no, they locked here. him out. They locked him out of the web. I'm not taking you Ultron. You need to rewatch right? these movies, man. Bro, okay. You're, all right. Hey, yeah, get on with your last pick. 
Okay, well, Aaron, you chose actually like the third strongest person in Thor's family in Thor. So I'm going to take the strongest person. That's his dad, <laughs> Odin. So uh, all father, he's got the Odin force. He's took, he literally took Thor's powers in one of the movies, Aaron. I thought about Hela. I thought about Hela. Yeah, well, Hela smoked Thor, but uh, Odin's also beat Hela before. So, and That's he's true. There, so. so I'm going to stick with Odin. Um, and I think I've pretty much wrapped this thing up. But, Corey, I'm glad you guys, you have a nice love story in your uh, trio. Nice. And, Aaron, you're just so perfect. You're just the casual Marvel fan who explained everything casually. So I think most a lot of people will appreciate that. I don't know what you want. It, it's also a fan vote, so you got to pick what the people want. And based on probably our audiences, I have a good shot at winning this via Twitter poll. You actually might. That's a good way to put it. Maybe I should just done. I should just chose. All right, I want to change mine to Rocket Wrecking. <laughs> so uh, i don't There's think two dudes who nobody's gonna know who they are in doesn't, Rocky <laughs> doesn't Corey still have a third pick or did i miss one no i took i took uh wanda Captain oh you Marvel, had Captain Marvel. i'm sorry i forgot about yeah. that one. okay okay so, so to recap i'm gonna be um, i'll make the tweet i'm just gonna tag so many marvel things so everybody from a marvel community sees it <laughs> just too many <laughs> hashtags <laughs> All right, so uh, my team is Iron Man, Doctor Strange, and Thor. Riley's is Dormammu, Arishim the Judge, and Odin. Corey's is Wanda, Captain Marvel, and Vision. Trash. <laughs> Corey doesn't uh, get <laughs> Riley doesn't get enough credit for being the nerd that he really is. I know he was bringing. I was like, oh, don't even let me get into you. I could bring out stuff that's in the comics. I didn't even know Riley could out. read to start off. Like, well, I have to have pictures. That's why I read okay. the comics. Touche. You ask me what's like, uh, you know, into Kill a Mockingbird or the Bible. I'm not gonna have any idea what's going on in there. Unless, so it is what it is. Everybody has their strengths, and uh, you know. Hopefully people see this for what it is. And that was an absolute shellacking I just gave you boys. So this was fun. We'll see. Well, All right. We're not the judges of that. You know, there's a judge, Arisham, pick number two, goat, goat status. <laughs> but all right, boys, that was uh, interesting. Corey, you might need to watch a couple more of the movies, figure things out. But, uh, oh, you know what we didn't do this week? What we have to do next week? Your uh, Mean Girls review. Oh yeah, I do have. I did watch it today, so I'm ready. I'm All right, ready. So there you go. You get to hear us talk about Marvel next year. We're gonna switch. That's just you know, we're uh we're multiversal. We are uh we got a lot of tools in our tool belt. We can talk about Marvel one week and Mean Girls the next. That's just how we roll. And the Browns, all sandwiched in between. We got it all here. Nothing's on the Lawrence. We appreciate you listening. For Corey, for Aaron, for myself, we will talk to you next week. <laughs>